This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, let's get started. It's a busy Friday afternoon, and of course, we've got our panel here. Best Friday panel I've got, uh, with topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. John Capobianco is a senior VP, senior partner, and national practice lead for public affairs in Fleischman Hilliard's Toronto office. Umpteen years of political experience at all levels of government. Johnny, how are you doing? I'm doing well, John. Good to be here. Good to have you here. Sherry DeNovo, the Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo, uh, Minister at Trinity St. Paul Center for Faith, Justice, and the Arts, and a former NDP MPP for Parkdale High Park. Hello, Sherry. Hello, John. It's Baby, it's cold out there. Uh-oh. Oh. And your voice is back, too. And my voice is back. <laughs> That's a Start good thing. Start singing. There you go. Uh, <laughs> it's the Lord's work. Uh, Michael Giles, rounding out the panel. He's in government 30 years at all levels. Federal provincial and last we heard it was municipal <laughs> michael welcome to the program I'm glad to be here gotta ask because you having labored in the vineyards of <laughs> municipal the politics work. yeah uh you know earlier this week they decided to vote themselves uh double their office and staff budgets cranking it up from 241 for the office uh up to oh, do the math 482 and uh you know they say that this is a legit 18 to 8, by the way, was a vote. So it was rather convincing uh, that it's necessary because they've got double the work now. Does that fly with you? Well, I mean, I listen, I've done, as I, you mentioned, I've done, looked at all levels of government. The municipal level is the one that has the most, uh, I mean, beyond any description, the amount of volume. I'm not sure that going to 482 is the way to do that. Uh, Stephen Holiday moved a motion that was to, I think, 360. And I think that probably would have been more reasonable. Um, you know, again, at the end of the day, the, the, the taxpayers and the, the voters will judge that. But uh, there's no question. I mean, I, I've seen it. There is a lot of volume there, and you have double the area. Uh, I, know, I know they increased the uh, the um, actual office budget in the sense of, you know, newsletters and all that kind of thing as well. So there definitely needed to be an increase. I'm just not sure if this was the level we should have gone to. All right. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting because uh, reading yesterday's Toronto Star editorial, Headline, surprise not. Cutting Toronto Council in half produces no savings. John Capobianco, uh, I mean, is this just trying to score political points against Doug Ford, or do you think that they're right about that, or are there savings to be found just by streamlining the operation? If, if, if nothing else, if we can get an efficient city council over the next four years because of the reduction from 47 to 25, then that's a win. Um, but the savings, I think a lot of folks were skeptical about it from the beginning. They thought, well, cutting down council and increasing their responsibilities at the ward level and doubling that obviously is going to cause some level of costs and, and, and cause some level of, of cost increases. Um, but I just think, though, John, to, to, for this to be the very first motion that the council does and enacts uh, is to increase their own budgets and to do it by such a huge amount is a bit is a bit uh, cute by half. And I think that, um, you know, voters are going to see it. And I think that what I would have thought would have happened is that they would have obviously done the initial, you know, newsletter costs and increases and hard costs that they would have ought to realized. And then maybe halfway through, they would have realized that, you know what, we actually can't do this by the current budget. We have to increase it by a certain amount based on actually what they think might be the actual increase based on, you know, doing it for about a year or two. But for them to do it and say, well, we think it's going to cost this. And by the way, 
bigger budgets than than if I'm not mistaken Queens Park and Sherry will know better mm-hmm. uh, and then and then Parliament Hill is a bit too much and I think I think voters are going to sort of re- react to this and then when we've seen some reaction already all right so it was kind of a reflexive thing that oh well let's just double it because that's the easy metric but you know Sherry DeNovo I'll ask the question again you know when uh, the Star's editorial says uh, cutting Toronto Council in half produces no savings well maybe not in terms of the office budget but if you've got Far fewer uh, people tying up debates and you move along legislation. Isn't that more productive in the end? Well, uh, I, I agree with the others in the sense that I don't think that the savings, the savings were being inflated by the provincial government for sure. Um, but John is right. This is this is almost double what an MPP's uh, right. budget is. Uh, which is going to raise some questions. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to affect their electability. Um, four years from now, nobody's going to remember this. And in fact, it's going to be more difficult, not less difficult, to to oust incumbents because larger area and it costs more to run the campaign. So there's going to be less competition. So I, first of all, um, the aims of the, the premier have not been met, will not be met. That's clear. Um, and I, I, and yes, it's up to the voters, sort of. But the reality is they can do whatever they want, can't they now? Well, hang on just a second. Doug can also do whatever he wants. And if as a preemptive measure he wants to install term limits, maybe this is just good justification to do so, Michael Giles. We have term limits already. They're called elections. Well, and hang people on. can decide whether they want to have... The- person back or not. No, but Sherry just made the case you can't uproot some of these incumbents because now they're going to even have more of a war chest. Well, but again, you can uproot them if the people choose to uproot them. If people uh. in those wards like them and want to keep them, then that's... I understand there's a, there's a, obviously a fundraising issue and all that kind of thing, but I, I really believe that, you know, that at the end of the day, people do vote and they if they like their councillor, they like them. If they don't, they don't. And, and or, you know, MPP or MP... So uh, a lot of it is based on name recognition. Let's be honest about that. No, that's true, too. There's no question about that. But at the end of the day, people do make that choice. And I I just the whole notion of term limits, like you have a very good counselor or or a mayor who a very good uh, representative. You know, why should that person, you know, not be reelected if people want them to represent them? Let me get back to my original point, though. The premise is, you know, people are only saying, okay, uh, so he was talking about a twenty five million dollar saving in terms of, you know, the overall budget. Well, that's been scuttled with this vote. But I'm saying the real efficiencies are to be found long term. You know, if you can do things quicker because you're more agile and, you know, you can facilitate or expedite uh, passages of policy and initiatives and blah, blah, blah. And the mayor maybe uh, doesn't have to recruit 23 votes or whatever, but only, uh, what, 13 or whatever, 14 that moves things along quicker. Time is money, so well, there's I, a savings there. And I, and listen, I, you know, I was there for a lot of those council meetings. I mean, people in comas get up and went out. You know, it's like <laughs> it was really, it was, uh, uh, yeah, it, it could be very grueling, and this will make it much more efficient. There's no question about that because you have less people. You know, there's people that would you have 44. Sometimes you'd have all 44 of them talking on an issue for up to five minutes. Right. Then questions that follow. So I think, yeah, you know, to your point, uh, you cannot measure this just by the office budget, just by the salary budget. It is about efficiency within the city. Okay, so the editorial in your star got it wrong. Yeah, well, the star, I as sold all often, my shares as in the star. Often do. <laughs> yeah, I sold my shares in the star. <laughs> let, no, me, so. let me ask Sherry DeNovo, having just recently come from the legislature, uh, we have the meetings of the first ministers there in Montreal, and uh, Doug Ford was insistent 
that they talk about the stuff the premiers wanted to talk about, the first ministers, rather than follow Justin Trudeau's leads. Was he offside to recommend that? Well, uh, some premiers. I mean, he wants to talk about the issues that some premiers, those that are politically well, uh, uh, close to him, uh, want to talk about, of course. Well, I think the ones uh, that other represent the, will the bulk of the population. The bulk of the population. I mean, I think I, I think it's the wrong foot, and I, I don't think, you know, certainly the electorate is, isn't happy when somebody goes into meeting. I mean, basically, the electorate wants to see things happen. Things get done. Right. That's what they want. And if you're going into so a meeting where you're them. already saying, I'm not here to negotiate, I'm here to, you know, raise a stink, I, I don't think that's the way to go into any meeting, quite frankly. So you so think he I, was being a pushy bully? I, I and, and especially where the environment is concerned, um, I think um, most of the electorate want to see something happen. They want to see some action and some movement on that. And uh, so, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's bad politics, I think. Um, now again, four years later, will people remember it? I don't know. Um, but I, 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 this is not what the electorate wants to see. I've already heard from conservatives around me who say, you know, go negotiate. Don't make up your mind before you even walk in the door. Well, I don't know. Uh, he was really throwing down the gauntlet. Rightly or wrongly, John Capobianco? I think that the whole premise of these first ministers' meetings have always been a bit of a, a, a bit of a, a political showman uh, uh, operation. And, and, and Prime Minister Stephen Harper hated them, never had them, for the one reason that he said, look, why do I want to be the you know the prime minister where I have every you know for the for two days I have ten premiers who do nothing but want to show themselves and 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 you know beat their chests uh, and uh, and and you know and just basically you know criticize the uh, the federal government when if I need something done I will call a premier I'll meet with the premier uh, individually and get something done and work on a deal as opposed to these things which which are all mostly for the media than more than anything else so look I think at the end of the day um, uh, the premier Ford basically said. He saw the agenda. He saw that, you know, for, for about an hour or so, four cabinet ministers were going to be talking about issues. And he rightly said, you know, I actually would rather not listen to four cabinet ministers you know, lecture me on on their specific issues, or talk about the government's you know news that they were they were trying to spew out at the day. I actually well, there's issues that we need to talk about, not least of which cap and trade, not least of which the General Motors uh, layoffs and the oil patch. And by the way, it was Premier Notley who was much more uh, uh, vicious in the mm. attack on this than actually Premier Ford was. Well, yeah, she said we don't want to waste our time with all this fluff. And he basically said, look, if I have to get, uh, she said she was angry. She said by the time I land in Montreal, there's a chance that the car that picks me up is going to be is going to have Saudi Arabian oil fueling it. So you know, is that a slap to the people of Alberta? So let's get with it. And I think that at the end of the day, they needed to be able to talk about the real issues. If these conferences are going to work, that's what they have to do, and not listen to four cabinet ministers talk about their issues. Right. So uh, Ford and Notley uh, seemingly have their finger on the pulse. Justin, maybe not so much. Uh, Sherry, uh, your position notwithstanding. But we want to talk about Doug Ford having been positioned as a chief protagonist against Justin Trudeau. Let's come back and have that discussion. War. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville with our panel on The Oakley Show in moments. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. It's like trying to compete with one hand tied behind your back. And when we compete against states like Ohio or like Michigan, it makes us uncompetitive. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.